Hey, it's John from CityCast. If you're in the mood to pamper yourself a little bit this week while supporting cruelty-free products, you should check out Bone Cur Home and Wellness. It's the best place in Portland to find everything from chic home decor to cannabis accessories. They've got a curated collection of vegan and cruelty-free home goods and wellness products because their name is French for kind heart, after all. You'll get a 20% discount on your first order when you sign up for emails this week at boncoeur.net. That's B-O-N-C-O-E-U-R.net. And use the code BONCOEURCITYCAST20. Does it seem like all of a sudden everyone is getting sick? Now that fall is here, everything from COVID-19 to RSV to the flu seem to be overtaking us all. But how worried should we be? And what's going on with the latest vaccines? So today on CityCast Portland, science journalist Aaron Ross is here to answer all our questions about viruses, vaccines, and if we should maybe consider masking up. It's Thursday, October 19th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. So, you know, every flu season, do we now also have to worry about some new form of COVID and now RSV? Is this it? Is this what we're doing now? I mean, maybe, yeah. It's it's honestly kind of a coincidence that um, flu and COVID have been surging at the same time um, because COVID doesn't really seem to be that seasonal. So, like... Instead of being driven by weather like the cold and the flu are, um, it's actually driven by immunity, which is why, like, you'll see these, like, little, like, yeah, like, these peaks and valleys coming every few months. But um, we get vaccinated in the fall, so uh, we are way less immune come the next fall, and that's why we've been seeing these, like, big surges time with the flu season. So as, as long as we're getting vaccinated in the fall, we'll keep having these fall surges. But how is it looking? Like, I mean, I'm not hearing that we're still seeing emergency rooms jammed up with COVID patients, but you're more hip to the scene. Like, (laughs) how is it looking this fall? That's that's kind of about what seems to be the case. Yeah, that like we, you know, we're seeing hospitalizations for COVID's rise and we're seeing COVID-related deaths rise. But like, and we're seeing maybe as much, if not more COVID than we've ever had. But like that giant wave of cases is not translating into a giant wave in the hospitals. Like Mm. people are way less likely to get hospitalized and way less likely to die from COVID right now than they have been at any point in the past, which is um, really good news. The bad news is that there's a lot of it going around, which means like, you know, lots of different strains, lots of mutations, all of those things. But yeah, it kind of seems like right now things are looking a little bit better. What about like long COVID? Are people still developing uh, symptoms? Yeah, so unfortunately, yes, but again, also no. That's kind of the story of COVID right now is like a mixed bag. So like on a population level, way fewer people are developing long COVID after getting infected. But on an individual level, every time you get COVID, your risk of developing long COVID goes up. So like you still want to avoid getting sick. Like that risk is still there. And the more you get sick, the higher it is. I I remember when long COVID symptoms were coming up that a lot of people thought like, oh, it's all in your head. And I feel like people weren't really believing other people that were having these experiences. Are we now all on the same page that long COVID symptoms like do exist and they're real? So I'm actually super glad that you brought this up because, you know, long COVID has actually taught us a lot about other diseases. And I don't know how much you followed chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, but If you have, you'll know that like in the 2000s and in like the 90s and 80s when they first showed up, it was like, 
first of all, it was mostly occurring in women. So, you know, already doctors discount what women experience, but it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, you must just be depressed. And like a lot of Mm -hmm. doctors were like, oh, it's psychosomatic and oh, we don't believe you. And over the years, there's been like this increasing amount of evidence that these diseases seem to actually occur like after you get a virus. And then we get this pandemic and there's Mm -hmm. this new virus going around and suddenly everyone gets sick at the same time. And we start seeing long COVID show up and long COVID has basically the same like physiology and same pathology that you see in chronic fatigue that you see in fibromyalgia. And so like, yeah, there's much more acceptance for long COVID right now. Like it's definitely happening. The scientific literature all agrees that it's happening. Um, But I think kind of a bigger lesson from it has been that like all these other viruses are probably causing kind of similar experiences too. We just never had this big data point of like, here's a new virus. Here's all these infections. Instead, it was like, oh, you had like a flu-like illness. Now you have chronic fatigue. Our bodies respond in weird ways to getting infected and it can cause really long-term complications. Well, that's good to know that um, people are being taken more serious. For like all of these conditions that like people were kind of gaslit about for years. Yeah. And you're seeing people still develop symptoms and, you know, I I guess it's going to just continue to happen since if you get sick, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just like at at lower rates in the population as a whole. But um, Mm -hmm. again, like every time you get sick, the risk of it goes up. And there's there's some other weird things that come along with getting infected with COVID. Like there's a lot of evidence that shows that it actually makes you less immune to other diseases, which like measles was the only disease that we knew before this that kind of like wiped out your immunity. Um, So it's such like a weird thing to, to figure out your personal risk tolerance on because like there's all these little things that don't have a big chance of happening, but if they happen, they're really bad. And then on top of that, you have like, even if it's a mild to moderate illness and that's all you get, like you have two weeks of being exhausted and feeling like crap. So. Right. Well, speaking about risk, like how should people be thinking about the risk of going to enclosed public settings with all this in mind, you know? Yeah. Um. You know, I'm still a big proponent of taking basic safety precautions, but like I also throw into that, like also of living your life. We're social creatures. We got to get out and do things. Um, so like I went to go see Death Cab in the Postal Service in Seattle a few weeks ago. It was awesome. And it was like a big stadium show and I masked up and mm-hmm. not as many people were wearing masks as I would have liked to have seen, but other people were too. And, you know, I went to this awesome show. I had a great time and I didn't get sick. And like, that's a win for me. Um, so to me, like throwing a mask on when you're in a public space is just like not really a big deal. And it's such a simple thing to do to lower your risk. Even if other people around you aren't masking, the chances of you getting sick are pretty low. And if you're sick and you throw on a mask, the chances are pretty good that you won't get anybody else sick either. And like, why not just like do that? Mm -hmm. But you know, like definitely everybody has their own risk tolerances. Like if you're severely immunocompromised, if you're elderly, if you have respiratory illness, you might not feel comfortable going into a public space, even with a mask on. And To me, that's kind of more of a reason for the rest of us to mask. Like, there are still people who are living pretty isolated lives. Mm -hmm. And if the rest of us lowered their risk just a little bit, like, they could also return to normal. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, let's talk about where people can find some free boosters and vaccines. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, 
a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What's up with the latest vaccines and boosters? Like, I heard there was a shortage. Sort of. Um, so over 8 million people have gotten a vaccine this season so far, which is awesome. Uh, but it can be hard to get. And it it honestly really seems to depend on your insurance provider. I know a lot of folks who have like strolled into a CVS and gotten theirs right away. Um, on the other hand, like I personally have made three appointments. And before each one, I've gotten a call that was like, hey, uh, we actually ran out today. <laughs> so oh. don't come in. Oh, my So I think it's really a grab bag, Um, but there are vaccines out there and there's the two mRNA vaccines that we're familiar with. And then there's also Novavax, which is uh, uses pieces of what was a live virus. Right. So one of our Hey Portland readers, that's our newsletter, um, Tara asked when the uninsured can get free COVID and flu shots. Do you happen to have the, the information on that? I do. Um, So there are still free vaccines being given to people who are uninsured through the CDC's Bridge Access Program. And I think this is pretty cool, um, is that it's not just uninsured people, but like if you're underinsured, I've I've heard of a lot of folks who are, you know, who want to get the vaccine and have insurance, but it's too expensive. You also still qualify. So like if your insurance is making you pay for it, you can go get a free one from the government. And there's a nice map that helps you kind of find them. It's at vaccines.gov, like Super easy to remember. I just looked for the greater Portland area um, and found like, I think I stopped counting at 200 places with free vaccines and available appointments in the next seven days. So like you can totally get one and it's a it's a pretty cool program. Yeah. And we'll put a link in our show notes for any uh, resources that Aaron has to share. So what what about infants? Like what vaccines can they get? So they can get the mRNA vaccine starting when they're eight months old um, and that's a pretty good idea. Although like, it still seems like young kids don't get quite as sick as adults do from this, but I mean, you don't want to mess around. And I would also like plug uh, the RSV and flu vaccines here because, you know, RSV in adults, it's such a mild illness in virtually every adult. It's like one of the weakest feeling colds you can get. But um, for infants, it is a really serious issue. One of my friend's kids was just hospitalized in the ICU with RSV. And I mean, it was like very touch and go for a while. Um, So babies between eight and 19 months can actually get the RSV vaccine. The rest of us can't unless we're elderly, but um, you can get that for your babies and it is really a life-saving vaccine. Yeah, you know, I was going to ask if there's like a tornado of uh, event where it's just like the flu, RSV, colds, COVID, everything, let's go. You know, (laughs) have you heard, is this a particularly hard uh, season for flu, RSV and colds or is it just like normal plus COVID? It's, it's kind of normal plus COVID, but I mean, I think we kind of got lucky and had a series of very light RSV seasons for a while. And also like RSV is something where once you have it, you kind of get a level of immunity. And so at this period where more babies are starting to return to preschool and things like that, even though it's been a year out, there's still a lot of babies who have never been exposed before. And so you just end up with a worse season because it's a lot of kids getting like their first RSV when, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a quarter of those kids would be getting their second RSV infection and it wouldn't be so, it wouldn't be so bad. Is this going to be our new normal then? Like, are we just going to have to mask up forever, take boosters forever, always looking over our shoulder for the new COVID strain? (laughs) I mean, um, 
I wouldn't say that we always need to look over our shoulder. Like, I think an attitude shift at this point is kind of justified. Like, right now, this is no longer a pandemic. Like, this virus is endemic. It is here. It's here to stay. That is, like, that is going to be the rest of our lives. And it's always going to be mutating. And maybe sometimes it'll get worse, just like we've had worse flu seasons in the past. But, like, you've got to figure out a way to kind of live within that, right? So I don't really think being scared is the right take right now. But... I'm probably going to be masking up in grocery stores and at like big concerts forever because I haven't gotten sick in like three years. And that's pretty awesome. You know, I think a lot of people who um, who worked in public health and who watched this pandemic unfold, I think a lot of them really hoped that this would kind of lead to like a sea change in how we view disease as a whole, um, especially in the U.S., you know, in a lot of other countries like Wearing a mask when you're sick has just been, like, the thing that you do since the 80s. I mean, mm-hmm. like, the producer for BTS, like, wears ma- has been wearing masks as, like, a fashion statement for virtually his entire career. That's, like, you never see his face. That's his whole thing. So they're very normalized in other places. I just love how you brought that in. You're just I mean, like, you know, just an FYI. Like, BTS <laughs> Army says wear a mask. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so... I think it would be really nice if people would just kind of approach all diseases, like whether it's just the sniffles or whether it's something very severe by just taking like a few little extra precautions that make the people around you a lot safer. And not just because of COVID, although I feel like COVID is a good reason to like maybe start doing that, maybe bring the U.S. like on par with the rest of the world in terms of like, how do you handle being ill politely and with like your fellow man in in mind? Right. So this is just part of like accepting more risk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, that's that's the thing that it like it hurts me deeply to say to be like, let's just accept more risk and like try to find some sort of healthy normal. Um, I really have been passionate throughout this whole thing about like being very safe and like doing what we can to minimize. Um, And I still am. But you've got to figure out a way to live your life, too. And like the reality is that COVID is not as dangerous as it used to be. And it makes a really unfortunate situation, though, for the people who do have immune issues and are elderly and are highly at risk. Like, it's a difficult thing to say and a difficult thing to hear to kind of contemplate, like, going about your life somewhere close to normal, where, like, for some people, that's just not really an option anymore. Yeah. So basically, mask up. If if you want to care about other people in public spaces, just this season yeah. or or forever. <laughs> just Just be nice. Think about somebody else before you take an action. Like, Tell your friends, you know, I'm rescheduling dinner because, like, both my parents just tested positive and I was hanging out with them and, like, we're going to wait a few days and see if, like, I test negative and once I've had some time to incubate. Because, like, and it's not a big deal to do that. It's just really not a big deal. Just like, hey, like, I'm going to wait a few days, see if I test negative, and then we'll reschedule. Fine. We're going to have Thai food. It's going to be great. (laughs) Aaron says, we're going to have Thai food. It's going to be great. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Erin, thank you so much for for hanging out with me today. Thanks for having me. And now for your microdose of news. There's an effort underway to increase passenger train service nationally, and the Washington Department of Transportation is considering raising the frequency of Amtrak trains between Seattle and Portland from four round trips to 16. Maybe that'll inspire more weekend trips, but until then, we have plenty of stuff happening in town. The Oddities and Curiosities Expo is happening at the Oregon Convention Center this weekend. There will be vendors, dealers, and artists from all over the country showcasing all things weird. Imagine a larger, more varied version of Paxton's Gate. 
And the Flipside Vegan Market, a POC queer-organized monthly event, is free and taking place this Saturday from 5 to 10 p.m. at Hail Snail on North Interstate. And it will be Halloween-themed, so there will be trick-or-treating and tattoos, of course. Also, the Underhill Haunted House is underway at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum every weekend this month. There are earlier shows at noon for kids and later shows that get a bit scarier for adults. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any comments on anything we've talked about on the show, feel free to email us at portlandcitycast.fm or leave us a voicemail at 503-208-5448. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. Slim's.